it's Friday. Welcome back to the Snakes Cast. Todd Campbell's with me again. Hey, Todd. Hey. And we are going to be talking today for the final time about growing and building things in board games. One of the games that I absolutely adore that covers this topic is Scoville which is a game about harvesting and cooking chili peppers. Yes. <laughs> I mean, you know, okay, we're coming back to this weird theme <laughs> thing again. I, I mean, I guess Bonanza's about harvesting beans, but this is so cool. Have you played this? I have. Talk to me about what you see when you're playing this game, because I think in, in terms of games that attract you, this is so colourful and bright and awesome. It is, because it's all about this sort of melding of colors within the game, right? Um, you're trying to con- to combine various colors of beans so you can get other colors of beans, which you're going to be using for various uh, peppers. cards. Or peppers, peppers rather. It's such a strange game. It really is. And I can't think of anything else like it. Well, and one of the things that interests me the most about it is the main player board, which for a start, actually quite smartly in some ways and maybe not in others comes in four pieces that are jigsaw together rather than unfolding. Mm-hmm. Which means you don't have that thing of, oh, I caught my finger in and pulled the board off. Right. Uh, you know, pulled the, 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 the image layer off the cardboard. I have found that the uh, the edge of the jigsaw starts to peel up a little bit. Mm. But it's one of the only boards I've seen where half of the central board gets punched out. <laughs> because you punch out all these little chili pepper shapes. And when you grow a chili pepper, you take one of the wooden meeple... Cheeples? Sure. Chilipples. I don't know. I'm not going down that road. Uh, one of the little wooden chilies, and you place it into the indent in the or the like the hole in the board. Mm-hmm. So you're actually growing these chilies within the board itself, which is awesome. Yeah. Uh, and they also have the plastic ghost chili peppers, which are so cool. Um, mm-hmm. And then on your turn, you're collecting chilies, planting them, harvesting them back up again. Uh, and when you harvest, you kind of walk between them. And if I walk between red and blue, I get a purple. And if I walk between yellow and blue, I get a green, um, you know, color wheel going on here. And yeah. then you get brown and white and black and ghost chilies coming in under different combinations. And then you trade them at market for more chilies or you cook them. And this is one of my favorite things in this game is you cook them into chili. And oh my goodness, the names of the chilies are so great um, that you can cook the flux capsaicinator. Mm-hmm. Um, you can cook the spice must flow. Uh, which for anyone who knows Dune is great. There's a bunch of fire engine terminology like five alarm tops and things like this. Yeah. I can't remember some of the... I know there's like C17H23NO2 uh, or something <laughs> like that, which I didn't know this and I looked it up and it's the chemical formula for capsaicin. Nice. Which, if you don't know it, is the thing in chilies that makes them hot. It's so silly. And it's it's this amazing looking game mm. that plays really well. It can play a long time if you have a full complement of six. But also it plays up to six. It does play up to six. I also think the analysis paralysis can be huge in this yeah. game. Yeah, it can be. I played one very long. It's one person I play with every now and then who is a very AP person. Mm-hmm. And it did take a long time. Uh, this is not a game to play if you know somebody in your group is prone to that. Right. Uh, and the six player can take a long time. But I really enjoy it. And it's, so a, great, it's a great two and three player experience. Mm-hmm. I think it probably plays best maybe at three. Yeah, uh, but yeah, this is a wonderful game and such an unusual theme. But it's so pretty. It's so, it's simple once you get it. It's one of those things you play two turns and you're like, oh, I know what I'm doing. It's true. I played a first time game with somebody the other day who obliterated everybody by twenty points. Yeah, um, because they got it within two turns and started running with the game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I hate the box art though. Yeah, agreed. Again, it's very cartoony for a game that doesn't end up... We were talking about this with Takanoko mm. on Wednesday. These cartoony chili peppers, and the game itself isn't cartoony at all. Not in any way, the shape, or form. The theme is cartoony in the sense of having the silly names for the chilies and all that kind of thing. But the imagery is is 
not serious exactly, but it's 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 non-cartoon. Yeah, yeah, and and Scoville refers to the is it the isn't there a, a test for heat on uh, in a chili pepper? And it's called the, the Scoville test. Correct. Here's the random fact for you, and this is totally off piste, but I love this so much. Mm-hmm. I want to repeat. It. I learned this on a podcast called No Such Thing as a Fish, which I highly recommend everyone listens to. It's all facts mm-hmm. delivered very humorously. But the Scoville heat test measures the heat of a chili pepper. And so something like a jalapeno, I think, is something like 3,500 to 8,000 Scovilles, whereas a Carolina Reaper is 309, no, 3 million or something. It's, they're, they're insane, like the variance in these numbers. And I was right. sort of thinking, well, where's this scale even come from? It is the number of drops of water. It is the number of drops of water required to completely neutralize one drop of, diluted ca- of undiluted capsaicin that comes from that chili. <laughs> So with a jalapeno pepper, you'd need mm. 3,500 drops of water for a mild one to completely neutralize the heat from that chili. Right. From a Carolina Reaper, you would need two-thirds of a bath <laughs> to neutralize one drop of capsaicin from that chili, which is where the three million yeah. whatever it is comes from, which it just it, that blows my mind. But <laughs> anyway, that's, that's the random tangent for the day. But yeah, Scoville, great game. Check it out. Yeah. Uh, it has an expansion I haven't played yet, but... I'm intrigued by that one too, but um, yeah. You tell me about a game now, uh, which I... This is one that we... It's unfortunately out of print, but we want to talk about it, because in terms of building things, you're not just building something weird and awesome, you're building the game itself. There was a period of time when Days of Wonder overproduced their games. Yes. And one of the, one of the best uh, 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 examples of that is Cleopatra and the Society of the Architects. I have seen this, and oh my goodness, yes. So with Cleopatra, there's a board uh, that you place on the table, and then you take the bottom of the box and you flip it upside down, and it becomes the second level of your game. So on that level, you're creating a uh, a garden for Cleopatra, where you're going to build her the pedestal through to her throne and her throne. Around the edge of the box, she'll be building these uh, little archways, which will give you points. And on the piece of board that goes in front of it, there is a, a promenade with two obelisks and six sphinx that you're going to build. Right. You want. And it's essentially a set collection game. You're collecting different types of cards. Similar-ish to Ticket to Ride. Okay. There's going to be three columns. I believe it's three columns where uh, cards will get turned up and placed into. Mm-hmm. And then on your turn, you get to take one of those columns of cards. Right. And so you might get a bunch. Some of the cards in the deck, this is really interesting. You take the deck, you put half the cards face up, half the cards face down, and shuffle them together. So when you're adding okay. cards, some of them in the in the sack will be face up, some Ooh, will be face down. That's so you don't know. Yeah. Some of the cards will give you... Um, I can't remember what it's called in the game, but we used to uh, refer to them as shame nickels. <laughs> uh, they give you a card that gives you a, a really good benefit or a character card that you can play for a benefit, but it will give you this little token that you put into your shame bank, which is a little pyramid with a slot in it. Right. And at the end of the game, whoever has the most shame nickels is fed to Sobek. And oh, the, the remaining players, whoever has the most money, is the winner of the game. Sobek, just for those who don't know, if I remember correctly, is the Egyptian god who is a crocodile, right? He is, yes. Yeah, that's not going to be fun. No. So in theory, you could have the most points in the game, but if you've got the most shame things, you're just out of contention. You can, oh, yes. That's 
fun. Now, there's ways for you to get rid of it. Every time you build something, you're going to roll some dice, and every time we have onks on the dice, we'll play them aside. When all the dice have onks, then there's going to be a little a little blind bid auction where you're going to uh, bid your money. Right. Uh, and whoever bids the most will get rid of some of their shame nickels. Whoever bids the least will get some shame nickels. Cool. So, I like it. Yeah, it's a great game, and it's so beautiful on the table. Yeah, I'm. So, I, I do believe this is out of print, and that's a great shame because I'd love to be able to tell people to buy this because it looks so cool. It is really great. Well, another game about building that I've actually just I'm throwing in this in completely unprepared because I've just thought about it. And went doy. Why didn't we come up with this sooner? Imhotep. Imhotep. Another game about building in Egypt. Yes, and you, just talking about this made me think about it. Spiel des Jahres nominee or winner? I forget. I believe um, nominee. Nominee for two years ago, I think. This is a fantastic game. We have talked about briefly mm-hmm. uh, previously, but you are building different monuments in Egypt. You're building uh, obelisks and a pyramid or pyramids, depending on which side of the board you're playing on, and a, uh, a burial, tomb, chamber. burial chamber. That's the one. And something else I forget. The temple. The temple. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's also a market you get to trade from. But the nice thing, the thing that I like about this is the simplicity of place stone in boat. If enough stone in boat, you can choose instead to sail boat to location. Mm-hmm. Stone comes off in order. Deal with it. Yeah. Which is great because you can... Here's a game that you get to screw with people. Yes, yes. Which yeah. you were saying you enjoy. And I think this is a wonderful example of it. Which is great because... really you, muck someone's day up. Exactly. Because you don't have to use a boat that you have stones in. Right. You could move any boat that has the requisite number of stones. So... There's yeah. something wonderful about giving the person who clearly has the tallest obelisk and sending a boat that's full of their stuff to the obelisk. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you, I wasn't going to win this anyway. You've just wasted that boat. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a fantastic game. And so simple to play yeah absolutely mm-hmm. uh and the nice thing about this one is you have double-sided boards each of the five places we just talked about is double-sided and behaves slightly differently uh, based on which side is facing up so you can vary the game up quite a lot although i definitely have a preferred arrangement mm-hmm. um we definitely talked about imhotep in uh, a podcast last year i forget quite when but yeah i really enjoy it yeah it's a great game but i wanted to talk kind of riffing a little bit off the stained glass windows although not really mm-hmm. uh, because they're not featured in this game per se but uh, stained glass windows going cathedrals mm-hmm. and the pillars of the earth oh. has just received a reprint fantastic pillars um, is a great game yeah now this i don't believe is available in north america yet i think it's only available in europe so far but this was a game that was out 10 years ago something like that and is utterly brilliant right yeah yeah tell me a little bit about it so pillars of the earth uh, it's a combination of i guess action selection is kind of thing selection really mm-hmm. uh a little bit of auctioning and worker placement combined mm-hmm. and then this sort of um chain-based resolution and the idea in this is that you are all building a, cathed- a cathedral mm-hmm. in kingsbridge this is based off the book by ken follett uh, for anyone who knows it which was also a very good uh, miniseries actually yes um and you are going to build this cathedral whereas uh, you know, in the book, it's kind of like, are you going to? Are you not going? Or is he going to? Rather, mm-hmm. is he not going to? There's a lot of question marks over that, and it's mm-hmm. it's this one person trying to do it. Here, you're all doing it, but you're trying to be the most uh, efficient and productive team leader. Yeah, and there's up to four teams, four players, and the idea with this is that you are sending your guys out to gather resources, but you're also purchasing different craftsmen. And then once you've done that little bit of the game, you then place out your master builders who let you do the action selection uh, on the board that will give you various elements, uh, victory points, bonus resources, immunity to taxes, things like that. Mm -hmm. But you you only ever have three of those. 
And so you never get to do everything you really want to do. Yes. And then once that, once everything on the board is resolved, you look at your craftsmen and score up the resources you have against them. So if I have a sculptor, for example, they will turn stone into two victory points. And I get to do that a set number of times as mm-hmm. my sculptor adds to the cathedral by me spending the stone through him. Yeah. And it's this... it's. It's not thematic, it's a Euro game, but it has some thematic elements to it, because the people that you have really determine what you can do. Mm-hmm. If all the carpenters get taken away from you by the other players, there's no point trying to accrue wood. But then the organ builder comes along at the end, and maybe you can sneak some really good points by, by doing the really rare thing of building an organ, yeah. uh, which you only get to do once in the entire game, and things like that. It's really cool. It is, and it's so beautiful. It is. The board in this is... Stunning. It is. It's. It's. Yeah. It's one of the prettiest boards I can think of. Yeah, I would say so. Mm-hmm. And the great thing with this is there is a clock in this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are six turns, and each turn you build one portion of a wooden cathedral. Mm-hmm. And this thing stands probably about four inches high and four inches long when it's done. Like it's. It's not huge. But it's this stunning thing that you get to build up in the middle of the table that represents the work that your people are doing, and that is so cool. Yeah. It really is. There's also a sequel to this game that I actually think is fractionally better called World Without End. It's based on the second book in the series called World Without End. I would agree. I like it better. It's more narrative, and I think it offers more variety because of that. Yeah. Uh, it is, however, I don't believe it. Given that they just reprinted Pillars of the Earth, I would imagine that they will probably reprint this as well. Hopefully. Because A Column of Fire, which is book three, came out last year. Nice. I have no idea how good that is as a game. I haven't played it yet. I don't think it's out in the US, Mm -hmm. uh, or in North America, I should say. Um, If it is, I need to get me a copy. Mm -hmm. But yeah, these are fabulous games and highly recommended. Nice. I do feel like it would be remiss of me as a Brit not to mention one last game that comes up and growing things, but I don't actually know anything about it, so I'm going to ask you to tell me about Darjeeling. Darjeeling is probably one of the weirdest games I've ever played. (laughs) (laughs) Now, this is about growing tea, which in and of itself is not perhaps the strangest theme but what makes it a weird game because i have no i know we have a copy in the archives but i've never touched it we do i and you know i kept uh, going by it in the archives and wanting to check it out because again i love weird themes Fair so enough. i took it out it's it's a neat little game it's a, a very abstract you have a little guy in a cart and he's going around trying to pick up various tiles that are are crates of tea and then you are trying to combine the same type of tea so you can make a shipment basically okay um what's interesting about it is that there is a little slide and every time you uh, sell your tea, if your uh, the type of tea you're selling is at the bottom of the slide, you get more points for it. Ooh. And then you move it to the top of the slide. So all of the tea, the tea will kind of slide down this, this little slide. And as they're getting towards the bottom, you get bonus points for stuff that hasn't been produced in a while. Interesting. It's very neat. So it's kind of, it's essentially a supply and demand scale. Yeah, it's a supply and demand scale. Oh, that sounds interesting. Mm-hmm. And what's kind of the basis of the game? Like, is it is it kind of Scoville-ish? Is it like one of those you move around a board based on yes. actions? Or, yes, like, and I, I can't remember exactly how the actions work, because there's specific ways that you move your, your little guy with his cart around the board. Right. But it is very Scoville-y. Uh, um, it actually looks a lot like Scoville. You have Ooh. all of these, you have this field of tea, and then you have your guys moving around within the various cross-sections. Interesting. Oh, well, I'm going to have to yeah. get that one out and play it. 
I don't neat. know. I feel like that's probably out of print as well. Um, I would imagine. I'm not certain, but I think that by the box, judging by the box, it looked like it was slightly older. Yeah. Um, but if you happen to be anywhere near Snakes and Lattes Annex, and that sounds like a game that would be fun for you, uh, we have it in the archives. So mm-hmm. come and ask somebody for it, and you'll probably be on your own, because I suspect only a couple of us know it. <laughs> uh, and I say a couple of us, not knowing it myself. But um, I might be the only person at Snakes that knows how to play this game. Fair enough. Well, I will fix that soon, because I want to go and play it. <laughs> Anyway, well, thank you, Todd, for joining and, well, thank uh, you. and talking about some really unusual themes, actually. I didn't realize mm. when I originally sort of started considering this theme exactly how strange it could get. But yeah. <laughs> there's some <laughs> some slightly uh, slightly crazy ideas out there, and I love it. Yeah, And it's interesting that so much of what we've discussed are games that have attracted some fair degree of attention, and I wonder if that's because they are a little off the wall sometimes. Yeah, I... I really think there's so many board games out there right now. If you can come up with an interesting theme, mm. and if you can make the mechanics work with that theme even better, it, it will draw people to it. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, that's all we've got time for for this week. Join us again in two weeks when we're going to be talking about creating and curating your own collection of games at home. So this won't be quite the same as the Cafe Library episode we had with Jay three weeks ago. We'll be covering games that you might want to collect for your collection that will be good for different types of players, uh, as well as methods of protecting them and so on. Thank you very much for Todd for coming on for the last couple of weeks and talking to us. It's greatly appreciated. Yeah, thanks. It was a lot of fun. You can get in touch with us at podcast at snakesandlattes.com if you would like to talk to us about anything that we have been discussing over the podcast or if there's anything uh, else you would like to ask us or if you just want to say hi the snakes cast is produced by dax audio and music is provided by ben sound the opinions expressed on the snakes cast are those of the presenters and the guests and nobody else's bye for now goodbye